Come one, come all, gather round, my friends. It's time for Adventure Club Theater. If you lend us an ear, the adventure never ends. It's time for Adventure Club Theater. Where theater is the adventure. Welcome to Adventure Club Theater, where theater is the adventure. Have you ever wanted a chance to do things differently? Um, this question seems out of the blue, but okay, I'll bite. I wish I could take back the cruel things I said to my ex-boyfriend. I was really selfish at the time and never thought about his feelings. I used to always compare him to other guys and put him down. It was only after we broke up that I realized he actually really was good to me. I can sort of relate to that. I wish I could go back in time and take back some harsh things I said to my coworker. Work was really crazy during the holiday season. I just got really stressed out and I took it out on him. Things got really awkward afterwards. I tried to apologize, but he ended up quitting a week later. Man, I still feel really bad about the entire situation. I did really poorly on one of my midterms last week. I really would like a do-over and take that test again. I feel ya. Yeah, I'm really bummed out right now. Um, what was our topic again? Today, we are going to talk about the bronze laver. Uh, what's a laver? And what does this have to do with second chances? The bronze laver was a large basin with a pedestal. According to Exodus 40, verse 7, the laver was placed between the altar of sacrifice and the sanctuary. It was filled with water. Interestingly, according to Exodus 38, 8, the bronze laver was made from bronze mirrors donated by women. That bronze laver must have been very shiny. Although we cannot say for sure, it is possible it had a very polished surface. The priest likely could see himself while washing. Hmm. So the bronze laver is basically a wash basin for priests before they go to the sanctuary. Very hygienic. Well, it's a bit more than that. Imagine with me a priest going to the sanctuary. Whoa, sorry, Abdul. I was running late for the evening service. That's okay, Priest Eli. Um, shouldn't you wash the laver before you enter the sanctuary? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I already washed my hands at home. Uh, are you sure? I'll, I'll be fine. Whoa. Isn't God being too harsh here? Good question. In order to answer that question, I need to share a couple of definitions with you. First, check out this Bible verse. Leviticus 27. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, read these definitions. Common, an ordinary normal state. Holy, also known as sacred, a special state that is powerful and dangerous when treated lightly. Something holy can be dangerous? I don't get that. Yeah, I'm not seeing how that could be possible. 
Bro, I'm so hungover from last night's party. Dude, I am so out of it. But we gotta do our jobs, man. Bye, who, bro? I can't even remember the formula God gave us for the incense in the censers, bro. Nabab, Nabab, dude, you didn't write it down? Bro, I thought you wrote it down. Dude, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, just wing it, dude! <laughs> yeah, bro, once the incense burns, no one's gonna be able to tell the difference, right? It shouldn't be a big deal if the formula is a little off. I think this needs some more explanation. Let's read Exodus 30 verse 20. When they go into the tabernacle meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water, lest they die. I still don't follow. Yeah... I don't get it either. I think it would be helpful to go over some terminology first. If something is considered common, then it is in an ordinary or normal state. However, if something is holy or sacred, then it is in a special state that is dangerous when treated lightly. Consider what Moses said to Aaron after Aaron's sons died. This is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. Okay, I think I'm starting to get it. Aaron's sons were not taking their priestly duties seriously enough. Oh, I get it. I remember reading somewhere in the book of Exodus about this. God gave a specific formula for the incense. It was to be considered holy. Exodus 30 verses 34 through 37 to be exact. This makes sense to me now. God wanted Nadab and Abihu to use holy incense in their priestly duties, but they used common incense. They took the holiness of God too lightly, and they died because of their carelessness. Hmm. At first I thought God was too harsh in this case, but it makes sense now. A holy God requires holy people in his presence. Great! I'm glad you two are able to follow me so far. Let's define some more terms. Sanctification is the activity of making an object or a person holy. Profanation is the act of polluting a holy object or person. As you can see, there is an opposing relationship between holy and common. Something common can be sanctified by ritual into something holy. Conversely, something holy can be profaned into something common. Let's read Haggai chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, or any food, will it become holy? Then the priests answered and said no. Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priests answered and said, It shall be unclean. Here are a couple more terms you need to know. If something is pure, then it is in a clean state. 
On the other hand, if something is impure, then it is in a polluted state, which is powerful and contagious. There is an opposing relationship between pure and impure. Something impure can be purified through a ritual. Conversely, something can be contaminated by an action or contact to become impure. So it's like sterilizing an object. Now it's clean and has no bacteria on it. However, if you drop it on the floor, it loses its sterility and becomes contaminated, even if you pick it up really fast. Exactly. Now let's talk about purity. There are two types of purity: ritual purity and moral purity. Read this chart comparing the two types of purity. Ritual impurity is an unavoidable part of life, but it is not sinful. Moral impurity is avoidable and directly linked to sin and disobedience. Ritual impurity is caused by contact with an unclean thing, like a dead body, sores, or even bodily discharges. Moral impurity is caused by sin, like idolatry, or sexual transgressions. Ritual impurity is contagious. Steps must be taken to avoid contamination. In the time of Moses, ritual impurities can exclude people from worship or even being in the camp with others. Moral impurity is not contagious to the touch, but its effects can be far-reaching. Moral impurity can contaminate the people, the sanctuary, and even the land. Ritual impurity is temporary, but moral impurity may be long-lasting. The remedies for ritual impurities are sacrifices, offerings, ritual bathing, or even temporary quarantine. The remedies for moral impurities are atonement, punishment, exile, or even death. Note that not every pure person or object is holy. A common person or object can be either pure or impure. The converse is not true, however. A holy person or object cannot be both holy and impure at the same time. The holy rejects the impure. This is a dangerous thing, as we read earlier about Aaron's sons. The purification rituals listed in the Old Testament were meant as protection for impure people from coming into the presence of God and the sanctuary. So, this is why it was so important for the priests to wash themselves at the bronze laver. Washing at the bronze laver was a purification ritual that prepared the priests to enter the sanctuary. God was trying to teach the Israelites how to live in the presence of a holy God. The priests washing at the laver also taught the Israelites that God was willing to meet with people who strive to be pure. Hold up! If this purification ritual is so important, then why don't Christians do it today? Good question. I am definitely the greatest out of all of us here. Jesus loves me the most. I am not going to be washing anyone's feet today. What? You're talking crazy, brother. I'm going to be sitting at Jesus's right hand when he receives his kingdom. You are going to be the one to wash my feet. <laughs> you two are funny. It's obvious that I'm Jesus' number one disciple, so you both are going to wash my feet. Wait, everybody! The master is coming. Why is he taking his coat off? Is he getting a basin and a towel? 
It looks like he's filling it with water. Lord, are you washing my feet? What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. You shall never wash my feet. It's beneath you. I should wash your feet first. Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. I feel so ashamed about claiming to be the greatest. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, I can't get over how the master is taking a servant's position here. I know. I feel so unworthy of what he has done for me. Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Revelation 1.5 And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The purification rituals were a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ's ministry on earth. Christians no longer participate in rites of purification because Jesus's perfect cleansing blood has made these purification rituals unnecessary. While it is true Christians no longer participate in rites of purification, the lessons learned from the bronze laver still apply to us today. Now we have the ordinances of baptism and foot washing. 1 Corinthians 6.11 And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. God demands holiness from his people. As it was in the time of Moses, so it is now. Just as the common, pure people brought their sacrifices and worship to the entrance of the sanctuary, let us endeavor to bring our burdens and praise to Jesus, who has cleansed us with his pure blood. So, the bronze laver, purification and foot washing are all linked together. Good stuff. So what are we learning next? Find out next time on Adventure Club Theater, where theater is the adventure. If you enjoyed the show, join us next week for another. It's time for Adventure Club Theater. Till we meet again. Yes, we'll see you later. Goodbye from Adventure Club Theater. Where theater is.
Episode was written by David Quatch. The voices in this episode were Christy Wynn, Hi, Jennifer Quatch, David Quatch, Jane Tom, Fred Davis, Violet Briggs, and Richard Briggs. <laughs> <laughs>